It's time for Loud Pipes. The podcast that brings you the best conversations relating to motorcycles, the riding experience, and other motoring adventures. Here are your hosts for this episode, Rich Warfield, Rico Hogan, and John Maracle. Pipes episode 139. We're going to get all the details on John's epic road trip across the country, all 6,183 miles of it. Plus, we have to bid farewell to the KLR and a couple of other news stories. We've got a full house this evening. Brother Hogan, what's happening? What's up, family? How y'all doing this evening? Doing good, man. Doing good. I've got a, a beverage on deck. And I hope you do as well. Oh, man, I am drinking a muchacho. A muchacho? People. What? What is that? It's, uh, it's a beer in a can. Unfortunately, I've already opened it, so I'm sorry. But it's from a brewery called Good People Brewery Company. Oh. Uh, the muchachos. It's pretty good. I think you will like it. Very nice. I think you will like it. I'm sending you a picture of the can. Oh, Skype is not your friend tonight. <laughs> but let's bring in the riding fool. No. Johnny John, Spider Silk. How's your butt? It is doing very well, my friend. You want to come rub it for me? <laughs> oh, snap. Oh, that's going to come out of context. I just know it. <laughs> just kidding there, buddy. Just kidding. Uh, are you drinking? Drinking away your soreness? Yeah, I'm having a yingling again tonight. Yingling again. Is that that? That's not that 12 pack from like the summer. No, no, no. I've okay. gone through that already. All right. All right. How about what, what, what are you uh, sipping on tonight, my brother? Well, I already opened it, much like Rico. So there's no dramatic opening. Although, wait, I have Rico's opener. <laughs> that counts. And from Sam Adams, I got a nice mixed pack earlier in the week. This is a coffee pale ale. Wow. And I haven't tried it yet, so let's see. Rich coffee flavor with a smooth finish. 5.5. Mm, not bad. It's better than a coffee porter. I don't usually like those. Is it, is it heavy? Not really. No, it's it's an ale, so it's kind of it's kind of light in body. Yeah, and it tastes just kind of like a pale ale with coffee dropped in, just like they say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. All right, then. Well, before we get into all of John's riding, we have a little bit of sad news. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What happened now? What you do down there, Rich? Well, after 31 years, did you guys know Kawasaki is ending the KLR? No. What? Yeah. Why? 30, 31 years. I thought you were going to say something like you're about to change your underwear after 30 years. <laughs> For the second time. <laughs> <laughs> it happened once before when I got the front wheel off the ground on the KLR. <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, I just, I think that's a heck of a run. And, and that being my first bike, it's kind of sad to see them ending production on that. 
So there's a lot of speculation going around, and I guess it's all all but confirmed now. So, and I don't really have any details. Wow. Just that it's it's yeah, it's done. You're not going to get a new one again. It's going going away. So, I guess what's the last what's the last 2018 October? Eight, so, sounds like 18 will be the last one. Maybe there'll be some some created as a model year 19, but you know it hasn't changed that a lot over the years, other than the body style in the last few. Right. But it was fun. Go anywhere, do anything you want. Inexpensive, easy to work on. It's kind of like, you know, my buddy Robert and I always talked about it. It's like, it's good at everything, but it's not great at anything. (laughs) You know, it's kind of like you can go off-road, you can ride it on the highway. You know, you can even jump it if you're daring enough and... It's just not great at any one of those. It just kind of lets you do everything. I remember you jumping that bike, and the foot pad came off. <laughs> and a couple <laughs> yeah, years before, <laughs> yeah, a couple years before that, I broke the the subframe bolts in the back. Those are notoriously weak. Snapped those off a few times. Yep, yep. Oh, the good old KLLR. Good old KLR. So, let's get on to our. Big topic. All right, Johnny John, are you ready? Yeah. You're in the hot seat. Okay, I'm ready. What do you got for me, my brothers? Well, here's what I think we're going to do for your road trip. Okay. I think... We'll take our, our usual style where Rico and I will interview you based on, you know, how the trip progressed in order. You know, we'll pretty much start with Barber and, and we'll move on from there. But what I want to do is we took some questions from the clubhouse and I want to start with two quick questions as a primer. Okay. And I don't need, I don't need like full blown answers. I just need like your first gut instinct reaction. Relatively okay. brief, and then because we're going to come back to him at the end. Okay. All right. First question. This is from Old Man Slacker. All right. Would you do it again? Yes. Awesome. Wow. And, and at a summary level, would you change anything now that you now that you're going to do it again? Would you change anything? Yes. Okay. Care to elaborate just a little bit? <laughs> well, I gave you the shorter, softer, softer seat. Okay, that's the sh- a little too short. <laughs> no, just kind of threw. He just asked a question. I'm like, okay, I keep it short for you. Um, so what would I change? I would change the time of the year. Okay. Um, we'll come back to that. And I'd also change on when I did did things. And I'll get into more details as we go through some of that. Okay. And I think we, we've watched some of this unfold as the trip sort of transpired. You know, we watched the weather delays and things like that and the shifting of, you know, what you were doing and the shifting of the timeline and your route on the way home. So, so we, we have a little preview on it, but I, I can't wait to hear the detail. Yeah. And, and that's what I want you guys to do. I don't want us to hear this yak. So yep. I want you to hold a question so and i'll try to keep them short and not long okay so be- before we start with barbara i want to back it up a little bit 
6,183 miles in nine days? No, no. It was overall 17 days. 17 days end to end. Yeah, 17 days end to end with with two days. No, I should say, I should say two days in Barber and two days in California. So if you really get down to it, it goes back to 13 days. Okay. Really get back okay. to the numbers. 13 days. I just want to get my, my facts in here. Yeah. But, but who's counting, you know? I mean, it's 13 days of... 13 days of riding. Riding. And then there's four days of downtime. Yeah. You know, Barbara, as you chink, um, know that we actually had to ride to the festival back right. and forth. So there was riding in those days, but they weren't long days. It wasn't much, yeah. And then when I was in California, the bike got parked when I got there Friday night, and it didn't leave until Monday, move until Monday morning. Got it. Okay, now I have to roll it back just a little bit. Okay. Where did this idea originally, or where did this idea originate? When did you first get the thought that you were going to leave Alabama and go all the way to California? The idea came about the fact that there was going to be AIM in Las Vegas. Okay. And I thought that, well, why not go to AIM as well? <laughs> and Ro- Nobby Tire, Roger, said, are you serious? And I'm like, yeah. And he says, all right. And he said he would ride out and we'd ride back to AIM and go to AIM. That expired to I have a cousin that lives in San Francisco area. Yeah. Tom I'm, who we had Tom, on last show. Yep, Tom from last week. And I says, I am so close. It's another day. I should go see him. That's where it came into play. It then expired to after you went and saw Chad <laughs> in Texas. Yeah. And he comes out and says, Hey, we, him and his wife, Jenny, were says, You guys are going to Vegas. Yes. We're gonna go we'll go with you. Okay. So then it came from not going to aim but to a sightseeing trip. Right. Yeah, I remember that part. And then they couldn't make it because they had other obligations that came up. Correct. So they backed out. But Roger and I kept it as a sightseeing trip. Got it. So that's kind of where it came about. I wasn't expecting to so much do it this year. I had it as part of my mind to do it one year, and it just unfolded this year. <laughs> so you had a little bit of an idea spurred on by some other people, and then the plan seemed to get bigger and bigger, and then eventually you're going all the way to the West Coast. Yeah. Did you stick the wheels into the Pacific Ocean? No, I got to Walnut Creek and I stopped. Okay. <laughs> Far enough. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, since you mentioned Chad and Texas, so talk yes. about the first leg of the trip. So we, we've already talked about our, our experience at Barber. We've gone through that. Um, you know, we've, we've heard from, well, uh, we've heard from Roger and we didn't get Jim on the phone, on the line, did we? We did not. No. Okay. So just Roger. Too lazy and wanted to shower. Right. (laughs) So we got through that. So 
let's start, John, then from leaving Alabama Thursday mo- or Sunday morning. Okay. And then you guys didn't make it to Texas that first night. That was two days of running, right? Correct. There. Correct. It was at the aspect of we, it was going to be a long day. It was 700 miles to do it all one day. And leaving out of Barber, Roger and I talked about, let's not make it a big day. Let's take it easy. Enjoy it, yeah. We were originally, if Chad and Ginny were going to join up, we were going to make it in one day to be there Monday so we had more time to spend more time in Vegas. But since they dropped out, we changed it. So what we did going across, we left out of Birmingham and we... Went a little bit of interstate, but then we got across um, some side roads, state highways across um, Alabama and Mississippi and Arkansas, which was really, which was really nice roads. Um, okay. Give me a second. So we, it was 82. So out of Tuscaloosa, we took 82 across into, you know, Mississippi across into Arkansas. Really nice road so you know if anybody it's like um virginia in the 58 the rolling hills is like that nice other part of virginia so i mean it was really nice and enjoyable rolling hills and we went to we ended the first night in el dorado arkansas and that was 400 miles nice right about did we talk about when we went over our show from barber did we talk about the bear that you were taking with you we probably did not so well that's worth mentioning and i I only bring it up because sunday morning that was an emotional time i'm not gonna lie when you were leaving so talk about that a little bit so if you've seen any pictures and people might see a bear that we'll post on the site that was made um, by a lady that lived next to my grandmother in New York. And what she would do is she would take clothes from a past loved one and would turn them into the bear for you. Right. That is actually a shirt, of, was made out of a shirt of my dad's. So dad went with me. Um, That's pretty cool. And yeah, it's pretty awesome um i don't know where i came up with to do that but i decided to take him with me um and what's even more special about that is there is actually a picture of him the last picture one of the last pictures when he was well enough when my sister had my niece and nephew in a hospital he has my niece and nephew in each arms wearing that shirt oh no kidding yeah, so that's even more a sentimental, sentimental fact. So Pops went along. Uh, he cool. did well. <laughs> so that was the emotional thing. And if I can dig just a little deeper. Go ahead. I know you were looking for some, not just some R&R and some time on the bike, but some, some good mental time. So did that work out for you? Yeah, it gave me a lot of time to relax. It got me away just... It majorly revived me, I feel. Um, just away from everything, just kind of me and a win. Disconnect for a week and a half and take it in. Yeah. That's good. 
that's good to hear because that's yeah. I use that's the bike for therapy. Yeah, and Rico does. I know you do the same thing. Like, man, when you need a ride, you need a ride like nothing else. Yep. And we'll talk more about that on the way back. <laughs> okay, on the way back. <laughs> oh, let's see. So, where are you at now? Arkansas to Texas. Yep. Yeah. So, so, so before you begin that, there's a question in the clubhouse that was asked <laughs> recently, or one that I wrote down. One that you wrote down. What did Roger ask? Oh, okay. I was going to do that at the end, but okay. So <laughs> he wanted to know if there's a place to get a good meal with good scenery in El Dorado. So <laughs> <laughs> we pull in. It was like four or five o'clock in the afternoon and in El Dorado is a small town. And we said to the, the guy at the hotel, Hey, is there a good place to eat? He's like, Oh yeah. There's this place over here called hot shots and they got some good wings. Oh no. It's kind of, it's kind of like a sports bar. You know, it's like Hooters. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> oh, no. We go over there. <laughs> It was far from it. Now, wait, th- this is you and Roger and Jim at this point, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the three of us. <laughs> I mean, it was far from it. I mean, I'm just like, oh, my goodness. All right. So, Rogers and I comment is like, well, they got different standards of scenery. <laughs> Crackheads. <laughs> so, meaning it was bad or it was outrageously good? No, it was bad. Okay. It was bad. Just confirming here. Yeah. And then as we got there and I was done with the day. I mean, it was a 400 mile day. It was a nice day. It wasn't hot. It wasn't too bad. But, you know, getting back on a bike and running off 400 miles, country, you know, back roads was, I was about, I felt done. Well, one of my goals leaving out was to try to hit as many states as possible on a bike. That's right. that, that's one of my bucket lists and my one of my other big bucket lists. You want to check off the lower forty eight. The lower forty eight. Well, I'll even go forty nine. Well, yeah. We'll get to forty nine one day. Fifty will be tough. Yeah, fifty will be tough. So it said and El Dorado was only I looked it up twenty you know, thirty miles from the border to get to El Dorado to get to Louisiana was like thirty miles. So I said, all right. So I got on a bike and I ran down there. It was not 30 miles. It was only like 20 something. It was, it was really not far to go. So I did that and I went back. So I actually got Louisiana. Nice. And on that, on that little run, I was able to get the farthest I've gotten on a spider. I, I went down there and back and it was 178 miles and the light just came on when I got back into El Dorado to get gas. Oh, nice. It's almost 180 miles on a tank. Yeah. That was one of the good days. Very nice. That was probably one of the best days getting gas. So. What do you do do on, I'm sorry, I got to switch over to Rico. On the Roadmaster, longest Mm -hmm. tank. How far have you gone on that? Oh, man. um, 60, maybe? 60. 260? Nah, it was more like uh, 250, something like that. Maybe 253, if I recall correctly. Something like that. 
Well, you must have been taking it easy because I know that day that yeah. you, that we yeah. we went yeah. to that's, Birmingham and that's y- y'all's light was on when we got to the hotel. Mine wouldn't even come on yet. It was only well, a hundred and twenty six mile stint. <laughs> I mean, when we were running the at the pace we were running, you're gonna burn through gas a little fast. I'm sorry. <laughs> But yeah, my, when I'm my, not hammering and I'm just taking it easy and the air is cool, it's a, uh, I can go longer. Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, that was so much fun. Mm. It was. Good times. Yeah. All right, Johnny. Sorry. Proceed. No, no. So that's okay. Um. So then the next day we got up and we were going to Denton, Texas to meet up with Chad and we, and we get message from Chad like, you guys might be hitting rain. I'm like, oh, great. Lovely. Second day out, let's hit some rain. So it was kind of um, back road it some more over to Tessarkana, got an interstate, and then we went across the northern part of Dallas to cut across from Greenville, cut across to Denton, which was red light, red light, more red lights. Stop. <laughs> Go. More red lights. Stop. Oh, more was, it, was it still as hot as it was in Alabama? No, it cooled off. It wasn't as bad. I mean, it literally cooled off. Alabama was just ridiculous. When we left out, it wasn't that bad. Um, it, that Sunday wasn't terrible. Uh, Monday wasn't that bad because there was a storm coming in. So we got to the hotel. I booked a hotel room already. And we split the room three ways. So pretty much the goal was to try to maximize cost with all of us. So what we did is we actually got a room with, like we did in uh, Birmingham. Right. A, you know, a room with two beds and a sofa bed. And I told him I'd take the sofa bed and didn't have a problem. And that's what we did there. So we get there and wind started kick, kicking up and blowing and, Storm started rolling in, and, and Chad came over with this truck and took us around town in the truck, took us to that taco place that he took you, met you at, Rich. Mm, those were good. So went over there. We had lunch, and, uh, and he's just like, what do you guys want to do? And I mean, we're just sitting there shooting a the breeze. We're like, whatever. He goes, you want to go over to the Harley dealership? John's like, yeah, my favorite hangout. All right, let's go, whatever. <laughs> So we go over to, I think it was All-American or American Harley-Davidson in yeah, something like Denton. That. So we're sitting in there. We pull up in the truck, and the guy comes over, you know, salesman. Oh, trying to sell us bikes and all this other stuff. And Jim got on a trike, a purple Harley trike. Oh, really? It was purple. I'm pretty sure. I have a picture someplace. I have a picture on the, on the folder that we can throw up there. And we're looking around other bikes and everything else. And then the salesman goes, somebody comes out and goes, if you want, go inside and get some beer. And you're like, what? <laughs> Chad and Roger like beer. All right. They come and you later. And sure enough, they have beer in the, in the dealership. No kidding. So, awesome. Rich, I know where you'd be going to a Harley dealership in that area. That's handy. Where's this at? In Denton, Texas. Denton, Texas. I love it. So it was, um, yeah. So, and then we met up with one of uh, Chad's buddy. Uh, he just bought a an Ultra Limited. 
Now with the weather though, you guys ended up parking for two days there. Yes. So we that night was supposed to the rain was supposed to clear out, supposed to come through, get out, and next morning we're supposed to be gone. We wake up the next morning and and um, Roger's dad Jim was watching the weather forecast and he's like, uh, "It's not moving. We got storm coming. I don't want to ride. What we're we going to do?" And like, well, we'll just we'll just assess the situation. So we just kind of hung out and Chad took the day off Tuesday, came over to the hotel, hung out with us, and we're sitting there talking. And about ten eleven o'clock, I got a message, or no, we decided about around ten thirty. We said, "Well, we're going to stay another day hmm. because the storm wasn't going to be moving out until later in the afternoon." I mean, it looked like it was going to be one o'clock, and slowly. You know, by one o'clock, it looked like it was going to be gone, and it was like two o'clock, and then three o'clock. By like four o'clock, it actually finally moved out. But it was windy, wind was blowing, it was just pretty bad. All right. And then I got a message from afterwards, and I need to apologize to John Jones that he says, I told you if you need anything to ping me. So. But did you sorry, need John. anything? <laughs> well. He kind of offered up a place to stay. Oh, you were just hanging out another day. Yeah, gotcha. So, you know, so that's pretty cool to All let right. us know. Gotcha. So, missed that. Uh, and then we decided that, tried to get back on track. So we get up Wednesday, we decided to get back on track. We got up early and we said, we're going to make it to uh, Gallup, New Mexico, 750 miles ago. So we loaded up. It was windy. It was cold, and we headed off. <laughs> well, we decided, well, we're going to get going down the road, and we're riding along. And we took, um, I think it was, I can't remember what road it was. I think it's two eighty seven. And Chad said, yeah, two eighty seven. He goes, watch going through Decatur, Wichita Falls, the cops nail you. So we kept it really close to the speed limits. Nice. But the speed limits out there are 70, 75. Yeah. And the interesting thing that I will say, precise now, even on a trip back, once you start getting past a certain point on the East Coast and on somewhat the West Coast, you do about 5 to 10 over, and that's what everybody runs. It's no... You know, it's 75, you're not doing 90. Yeah. I mean, people keep it in check pretty much. And there's cops out a lot. I saw a lot of troopers sitting there on the interstate just. That's good. Mining this stuff. Well, I mean, speed wise, it's good. It's not that crazy pace of, like you said, having to run 90 miles an hour, you get run over. Right. I mean, you're doing about 10 over and you're, you're going by everybody. So you are one of the faster ones. So there's a few people that would go a little faster and stuff. But we get about an hour out of um out of Denton and Roger goes, We gotta stop. I need to put layers on. Oh, cold. <laughs> I mean, it was low fifties and it was coming up into, you know, dusk. And you know, dusk is usually the coldest point of the day. Mm-hmm. So we stopped real quick, about five minutes, put some layers on, and off we went. And while I'm saying I'll press a tech update for everybody that maybe hasn't known or doesn't know, Senna released a new firmware, 
across the board for the 20s to 30ks for sure and i can tell you it fixed the bluetooth multitasking issue on the 30ks so now i could pair with roger without and have my gps all together nice so i i will I highly recommend everybody go out to Senate, get the update. They have fixed the bug in the 30, especially the 30K. That frustrated me. Hmm. I'll pay. <laughs> it was bad. So bad. I'm going to um, Denton to meet up with Chad. I almost went to Cycle Gear and bought a 20S because I started having problems with Roger not being able to hear me. Um, We'd connect and it wouldn't work. It would, they, I could hear them, but they couldn't hear me. Hmm. So I almost ended up buying a new center. And I was, if I wanted to buy a new one, it's going to be a 20S. Yeah. And whose who's, uh, center was all corroded when we looked at it? Is uh, that yours? It's mine. It's, oh, my, yeah. it's my base. And I actually cleaned it and I maybe did some stuff. I, got, I think I have another base I got to swap out with. So, Got it. So then we went across, you know, 287 across Texas. It's a nice road through a little town. I uh, got to, got over to 40, got on the high interstate and started booking it. And we got to, on the way, uh, I was updating uh, Jacob. That's one of our listeners that lives in Albuquerque about where we're going to be and about meeting up with him. And we actually, um, he actually rode over to uh, Morat. Uh, so you met Mor- him before you got to Vegas? Met him in Albuquerque. Gotcha. Um, met him in Morarty, I think is how you want to say it. Uh, New Mexico, just east of Albuquerque. And he met us about, I think it was right around 3 o'clock. And then he led us over to Albuquerque and had lunch at... I don't remember the name of the place. Which, uh, uh, was that the day you had barbecue? Or was that in Texas? That was in Texas. I'm looking at your pictures. That was in Texas. Uh, give me a minute. Let me find out where we were. Do, 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 do. Uh, nope. It's past back that, that way. Uh, no. Well, you were talking about Senna. And I think when Rico and I left, when we left on Sunday, and I'm stalling not to say Barber because I don't have my sound effects handy. Ah, there he goes. It was the range. Thank you, Jacob. Okay. When we left on Sunday, John, the I thought the connection was great. And that's a 20S, isn't it, Rico? Or no? Yep. Yeah. It is. That's just, man, that is just such a good unit. Because it was just flawless all the way to Atlanta, all the way into the mountains. and Yeah. When you get two people together... It has no problems. Right. It's when you start adding multiple people, it starts having a problem. And I also say that... And differing units, too. Right. And I will say different bikes. And Rich, I can actually tell you, when you're on your the R6, it is so much better than the and then the Deuce. And I think the pipes on the Senna, or on the Deuce, the Senna picks, the mic picks it up so much that it just leaves your mic open all the time. <laughs> well, I think it's always open anyway. It's just getting a barrage of sound. Yep. Yep. Roger says, yeah, we met at the Morarty and then 
road to Albuquerque for dinner. Cool. And and Jacob is in the the Riders of Loud Pipes. If people aren't if people don't remember who he is exactly. Well, that's yeah. cool. So then from there, how long from there to Vegas, or was that your next stop? So actually, we left that left Albuquerque and we went to Gallup, which was another about an hour and a half, two hours ago. I uh, got there a little bit after dark, got in there, and then we decided we we're going to make it from Gallup to Lone Pine, California, which was another big haul. Um, and we wake up and Jim goes, I didn't sleep well last night. I didn't sleep at all. I can't make it. I'm like, okay. I'm glad you're telling me that than getting on the bike and doing that. So one of the lessons I'll say to anybody that's in the group, if you do not feel comfortable you can do it, tell your tell the people that you're riding with that you can't do it. So you don't have an issue and they push you too hard. So that's one thing that I was happy that he did and told us. Well, that would be uh, one one time when, so we always say ride your own ride, but when you're in a group, you have to sort of be, you have to be a good group companion. Yep. yep. You know, if everyone wants to run a hundred mile fuel stop, you have to run a hundred miles. But in cases like that, when you're not feeling well or you haven't slept or you're getting sick or something like that, you know, that's, that's where it's off. You gotta just be like, look, I, I know I can't do this today. So just right. let you know up front. Yeah. And it, it, I'm, I'm glad he did. I mean, he told us he couldn't do it. I was fine with it. And I was like, no problem. We'll do what we got. So the decision was made. Give him, because we got up at like five o'clock. We we're going to get out early. He says, well, let's have breakfast. Give me a couple hours to, to kind of recoup and work out some kinks, exercises, just, you know, try to feel better. And, okay. So he did. And while that was going on, Roger didn't laundry because we were, you know, we only packed so much for each day or for the whole time we we're gone. We didn't pack, you know, for multiple weeks. Right, right. For clothes. So we had like three, four days of clothes and then we do laundry. So we got up and we, you know, by about eight thirty nine o'clock, we decided to do that. And we roll out of the hotel and it's raining. At this point, we really hadn't hit any rain. Um, we well, had rain in Texas, but you weren't riding. Right. So we didn't really have any rain. It was just cold. I don't. Yeah, I don't remember any rain in Texas. Uh, New Mexico Gallup is when we hit the rain, and we decided, okay, we're going to go ride. We're going to ride through this, and then because the road wasn't bad, it was kind of like a mist. And we said, well, we'll we'll stop at the Grand Canyon on the way over because we actually we made changes on the trip because since we're going to go to from Gallup to Lone Pine, we're going to skip Grand Canyon and Hoover Dam just to make it and go through Death Valley, and. So we um, got going, and it um, we get over to Williams, and it's still raining. And we pull off to go towards Grand Canyon, and we stop to get gas, and it's raining and it's foggy. And we pretty much said, I mean, Jim's been there and said, well, the biggest thing is is get to see the scenery, and if it's foggy and rain, you're not going to see anything. So I said, okay, right. <laughs> so. We we decided mosey on, and we said, okay, we're going to go to Kingman, Arizona, to see how everything works out. And we got over there, and we were feeling pretty good. Jim was feeling good, and said, okay, well, let's let's continue on and let's go to Vegas. So we left Kingman and went to 
Vegas, stopped in Hoover Dam. Roger wanted to see Hoover Dam. He wanted to do the tour, but, you know. Nice pictures. Nice pictures. We did some cool stuff. Uh, pretty big, huh? <laughs> yep. So It's so, pretty big. Wait a minute. So you went through Death Valley before you got to Vegas? No. Well, that was after. Okay. That was after. I didn't want you to gloss over that. No. Um, so we uh, stopped at Hoover Dam, saw that, and then we decided to go to Vegas. And, and that was when Kevin from Throttled and Larry were there. Um, we didn't meet up with any of them. We just kind of wanted to go chill and hang out and just relax because it was a long day for his dad. And it was a 400 and I think 50 mile day. Yeah, it was 450 when we got done that we put out. And it was pretty much rain the whole day. It was on and off rain. Um, there's a picture I have when we were, I think, in Kingman where to the you know, to the south of us was just a cloud and we're, you could just see the clouds just coming in. But once we got into Nevada, I mean, it opened up and the sun came out and. So since, since you mentioned it was a 450 mile day, it kind of spurred a question. Yeah. What was the longest single day you did on the trip? How many miles? And then hours, if it was different. Overall, 800. So you did an 800 mile day. I did. That's crazy. Was it the longest? Yeah, what was the longest day on the bike hours-wise then? Was it the same day? It had to be. Well, no, because he could have done less miles but slower. Or you know I'm I mean? trying to think. I think that would probably would have been my longest day as well. Yeah, that was the longest day as well. Because it ended up being... That 800 miles took me 14 hours. Yeah, and you me- you mentioned a minute ago that you guys were getting up at like 5 a.m. Was was that your typical? So what was your typical day then? Wake up, what time are you getting on the bike? What time are you calling it a day? So we got up. I was going out. I was up by 4, 4.30 every morning. I was just what? awake, ready to go. What are you, some kind of machine? <laughs> and what time are you, are you knocking off at night? Nine? So we, we, yeah, by nine o'clock we were in beds. That's um, why. Get, oh, yeah. Try that so, staying up till midnight. Right. <laughs> Hanging out with Rich. Yeah. His toes and stuff. Picking toes, trying to find food in the middle of the night. It's crazy. <laughs> and, 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 and Roger's in the clubhouse and he threw out that rain was so cold. And the other thing that, the biggest thing that I had to say about, one of the things I learned about this trip was I never knew how high elevation it was in going across New Mexico from Albuquerque, Albuquerque starting to come up out of Amarillo all the way across New Mexico, Albuquerque, Flagstaff, going across there. Well, that's, I mean, that's all high desert, wasn't it, you said? It is. Yeah, it's a high elevation it, and desert. Yeah, so, so literally Flagstaff is at 7,300 feet. In elevation, and I had no idea hmm. that that's how high up it was. Um, Albuquerque is around, I think, the five thousand. Jake could probably correct me on the live stream better than I can without googling it. I could Google it, but um, I know it's up there, um, and that will play an effect on coming home. Um, hmm. You don't want to go. 
I'll, I'll let me get to let me get the point out, and then I'll tell you about <laughs> okay. that. Because there's a point that this plays in the fact that really messed me up. Um, so it was up there high, and it was raining. And I had no idea, none, because I just thought Arizona's you know kind of a desert. I didn't realize, but it kind of makes sense because Grand Canyon is you know the the canyon itself is five thousand feet, so you had to get up there. Hmm. So yep, yep. So. I mean, the elevation was up there. So we made it to Vegas, got in there, and the uh, we did some different things, and this kind of came out talking about before leaving, planning hotels before you leave, when do you make your hotel reservations. Going out, I had hotel reservations all the way out, and then when things started going haywire, I had to cancel stuff. Um, mm. And so kind of, Played a little effect of getting cancellations done. Did, we, you, did you lose any money for canceling too late? Yeah, one. 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 It's not bad. Yeah. Um, the really nice one was actually in Lone Pine. I didn't know if we were going to make it. I called a guy, got a hold of a the person. They're like, if you call up, you did this through booking.com, call them up, cancel it through them, and I'll, I'll credit your account. And he actually did, which was really awesome. Um, That's so, nice. What's the name of the hotel? Give them a little shout out. Uh, Lone Pine Budget Inn. Nice. And what was really neat about this one <laughs> was it was a little place, and the room had three queen size beds. <laughs> so we're all going to have a queen size bed that night <laughs> in one room. Like, so like, in one room, so it wasn't like the the one in Birmingham where it's in I different rooms. No, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> That's funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, we're, uh, so, so when we got to Gallup, we actually thought we were going to have a room at the La Quinta Inn, pull in, go in, we're full. And so we ended up at splitting, no, we didn't split a room that night. We each got our own room in Gallup. So, uh, now how we, long did, okay, so you stopped a lot and slept a lot. How, how, how many days did it take you to get from Birmingham to California? Altogether. Uh, uh, five days. Well, four days. Well, five days of riding. Five de- five days of riding. Five days. Yeah. From Birmingham out. Wow. I mean, that's a lot. <laughs> you it know is. what I'm saying? I mean, it's that that that. I mean, how how was your body feeling? I mean, as you rode through the like halfway through, so maybe somewhere in 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 Denton. Do you really, did you start to feel like your body's like, okay, I don't know if I could do this, dude. Well, you not start there. Feeling like, that? When you're like one day from California, you're probably like, oh my God, I'm oh, almost yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe like in Arizona or something like that. I mean, where you're like, oh, I, I can't do this anymore. Especially going through Flagstaff and all that. You know, when you're starting to deal with the elevation, going through a lot of the twisties up high. I mean, did that, any of that give you any kind of indigo feeling or anything like that? I actually wanted to quit and go home. At, no way. In Texas. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm like thinking to myself, am I really, am I doing this? Am I, am I going to do this? Your mind should started I, messing with should, you. I start thinking, I'm like, oh, man, am I really need to do, d- d- is this really, should I really do this? Because it was the rain. It was just getting frustrated. Things weren't, I wouldn't say going all as planned, but you had to make changes and, I didn't get frustrated with all the changes. It's just like, am I, am I, should I do be doing this? 
And I kept thinking it back in my mind. I'm like, Tom is looking forward to seeing me. Uh-huh. I need to go. Just keep going. It's going to be okay. Just keep pushing. And I did. And I just kept on going. And um, the morning we got from Gallup, like Roger said, it was cold. I mean, we're talking 50s, 40s degrees, rain, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and I mean, it wasn't like heavy downpours of rain. It was just kind of misty, light annoying rain. rain. Yeah. Light rain. And, and you could look to the south, you know, of us and you could just see the clouds. You could just see the rain clouds. And you're like, we're going to make uh-huh. it. And, and I had my uh, Garmin unit, my 595LM, and I bought the advanced weather forecast. So, I mean, I had radar that was coming up and showing me rain clouds, you know, where we're going to be. And around we got around Holbrook, you know, kind of a curve, and there was a storm, and, you know, we missed part of it. And I think we stopped in, I think, Winslow going out, and we saw some people, and they said, yeah, it's raining in Flagstaff, and... And we got up to Flagstaff, and sure enough, it's raining. And they had construction, and so you're sitting there in the rain. And oh, okay, okay, okay. So, what when you guys are going through? Okay, so how did the three of you keep your sanity? You know, the entire time. How did you? How did you guys motivate each other to keep pushing forward in all the rain? I know you guys had to talk a lot during that I, time. I don't know if you guys I, were telling I, stories, I, cracking jokes. I, really, I mean, wasn't tell much me talk. The, no. There wasn't much talk. We Roger, I don't remember. There was problems going on with Senna's. <laughs> don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. We had problems going on with Senna's. Stuff wasn't working right. Wind noise of somebody's mic being open. I don't remember exactly. That's called hallucination. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we just kept it. We just kept Look. it going. Um, I don't know. We're there. Oh, Roger. Yeah, music. I mean, we had music going. I mean, mm-hmm. I had... 200 songs downloaded to the Garmin that I was playing and just, you know, just look at the scenery and, and enjoy the countryside and just keep on going. We're there for each other. We need to talk. And uh-huh. and the problem was, was when we're slow, well, if we're moving slow, the sentence worked well. Um, it, I didn't know this was going to turn into like a Cinnabashing. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say it's Cinnabashing. The problem is, is when you get up to you know 70, 80 miles an hour and you win. Oh, the wind. So you guys remember Roger talking about the wind going out? Yeah. Uh-huh. Coming out? We had it going back. Woo. I mean, we had, and and remind me when we get back, I'll tell you about the wind coming home. Um, I mean, the wind was just there. It was brutal. And um, Roger had a problem with his center mic. He had a dime mic in his and the mic, the cover was gone on it partially and, you know, trying to find the right spot for that. So it was, it was interesting. Um, how did we keep going? I mean, we just knew each other was there and we had each other's back. If we had to do something, we had to do something. How did the bikes hold up? How did, how did, uh, how did the, uh, the, the spider do? I mean, so Spire oh, overall did really well. Mm-hmm. Um, gas mileage sucked. Um, what about out? the comfort? I think I think what I'm trying to get at is the comfort of riding that huh? riding a spider cross country. Is it the right thing to do? I mean, the comfort was fine. I had I actually put back on this ride, and I thought I'd swap it out because from Moto Nobody's amped and Bacon and I talked one time about how to change out, um, um, uh, change out your riding like. Switch it up. Change up what you're sitting on. Do something else to try to change your butt comfort. 
And I had the Airhawk the whole time. And I rode out with the Airhawk the whole time. I had no problems with the Airhawk. Um, the best thing I'll tell you is cruise control. It was the best thing. I probably used control, you know. The bee's knees. Yeah. And and Roger, is he sitting here, you know, firing off? Thanks to Chad for the mic. Because Roger goes, hey, maybe I can find some place with a center mic. And Chad's like, what do you need? And he had an extra one. He goes, here. And gave it to gave it to Roger. That's what's um, up. That's awesome. And Roger, as he said, 6,000 miles with no no bike issues. He had no issues. I had no issues. Um, How's the tread on the spiders now that you're back home? Uh, I haven't looked. Uh, probably the rear part has got probably a couple more. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm at the rear bars yet. I, I haven't looked. I pulled so, it in and it got parked. That's so how, yeah. are you playing? Uh, so you've put the bike away for a while now, I'm sure, right? Uh, I don't know. Um, I think there might be a ride in a couple of weeks that I'm signed up for. <laughs> you are an animal. <laughs> First off, the bike has to roll back out and get um, washed. Um, talking about the bike, I I had the frunk, um, the two the two bags on the saddlebags and the top case. And, you know, I, when I said I had a lot of stuff packed and, and I'll put it this way, if you're going to plan a cross country trip, you got to plan for every type of weather conditions you might run into pack your gear. You don't know if you're going to hit rain. You're not going to know if you're going to hit cold weather, sunny weather, hot weather. You got to be prepared. Otherwise you're going to be, you know, because you're going to go from freezing weather to boiling hot, basically. I mean, I actually went from Birmingham weather at 90 plus degrees humid to 30 degree with rain. Hmm. So, you you know. Yeah. So, is there a lot of bug guts on your bike? <laughs> when you got to um, LA or uh, California? Where's your bug guts? Uh, probably. Uh, I know I have <laughs> bug guts over my gloves. I know my my knuckles on my gloves have bug stuff on it. Um, the only thing that actually got cleaned was visor and windshield when I left California. And visor on my on my helmet got maybe clean here and there, but not as much. And did you ride in, uh, when you got to California? Did you go across the Golden Gate Bridge on the bike? I did not. Oh, okay. Wait, you can't skip over Death Valley. Oh, I know yeah. Rico. Rico's I'm sorry. All sorry. No, no. The questions are good, but I I don't want you to talk about the return trip. But I'll talk about the Death Valley and the mountains. So, <laughs> so all right. So then we get up. So let me get back to Vegas. We get up. We we you know we're at the hotel. We did give Rich kudos. Rich, we used Uber Eats. We decided we're done riding bikes. Roger got Uber Eats. Got on his phone, and his new friend is Uber Eats. So kudos to you. We ordered some, uh, and I, and you know, for the record, I only used it once before we were in Birmingham. (laughs) (laughs) Well, needless to say, (laughs) we use it again. And, uh, uh, I think the place is called teriyaki bowl and it asked how hot you wanted the stuff. When I asked for medium, I didn't think it was going to be that hot. And (laughs) Roger and I both had the same bowls. Not sure who had which one, if he got no spice or the normal spice, I got the hotter stuff. I don't know, but it was hot. Oh, was it a Thai place? That's probably why it was so hot. Um, I don't remember. <laughs> it's probably Thai food. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so, you know, 
we stood there, and then I said the next morning they decided that they were going to go not through Death Valley. They were going to go up to Reno, up 95, and just straight shot it up. So I, so that morning I decided, okay, I'm going to get up early. I'm going to pack my stuff, and I'm getting out of I'm, I'm going to get going. Um, and, and talking about carrying everything, I actually carried with me a glove and boot dryer with me. I saw that in the hotel. That's pretty neat. Now, so, wait, you, you said you got up early for this. Now, is that like pre 5 a.m.? <laughs> no, I woke up about four o'clock, but everything, all my bags were in there. Everything was just, I had to repack everything. So it took me a good, as Rico says, it took me a good hour to get everything Pack, back together on the bike yeah. back everything up you know i had both of the i had all my cases off I had to get everything organized everything back together and i tried to um uh where did i do that that's on a return trip i'll tell you about that on a return trip all right um so then i could decide okay i'm going to get on the, i'm going to get on 95 and i'm going to go through death valley you know um, how to do it. So I talked to my cousin in California. He says, how are you coming? I said, well, I'm going to do this. He says, okay, go up to, Tom says, go up 95 to Betty, cut across, um, over to 395 over by Lone Pine and then come up and go through Yosemite. So, I mean, you're getting out there and you're in the desert. I mean, you're, it's early in the morning. It's six o'clock in the morning, uh, five, six o'clock in the morning. Sun's coming up and I get going through and it's mostly four-lane state highway, and then it gets down to this two-lane highway, and all of a sudden, the wind starts blowing. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, this is the worst wind I've ever felt. It was so bad that literally my helmet, it was pushing my head to the side. I turned my head more or less at a couple, de- you know, 10 degrees or so, 20 degrees, into the wind. So the helmet, so the wind would go over the helmet while, you know, changing my eyes and direction so they'd be straight. Just wow. to kind of, kind of just so the helmet wouldn't be pushing at me on the side so much. It's choking you because it's coming off. Yeah. It's just, it's just pushing on your helmet. And, and people ask me, this question is, so does Spire get affected by wind? I can now tell you, yes, it does. <laughs> it, it does get moved around. Probably not as bad as two wheels, but it will move me around. And it was it was pushing on me. Uh, the where, wind was, the, where was this at? Where you hit all the wind? It was near... It, it was in Nevada, in the desert, before Betty, maybe around... I don't remember. Can we, let me see if I can find the... Yeah, I'm looking at the map now. But, but find the, somewhere find in Nevada. Spot. That's fine. Yeah, That's it was on 95 in Nevada. I mean, it went from, um, it's when it went from two lanes, from four lanes. Let's see, did Roger hit it? Roger, did you hit that rain? Um, yeah, so it's about south of, just south of Betty, Nevada. And he agreed. That was the worst win he saw. Now, now I can tell he you was, that. He was crying about winning on his way down to Birmingham. Is this the yeah. same kind of win? Um, it's probably worse. Worse? I mean, okay. yeah, I will, I can tell you that now after the trip, not leading up, that win was nothing. <laughs> that win was nothing. And 
and we'll get to that point. So Rich wants to know about the death valley. And I pulled in Betty, Betty, Betty Nevada, got gas, saw a group of bikers that had VA plates. And this guy comes up, start talking to the older guy, starts talking to me about the spider and all this other stuff. And I see these guys over with VA plates. And I'm like, hey, you guys from, you're about far from my, my, where I'm from. He's like, huh? And, and, and there's, uh, he's like, no, we're from Boston. We ran these bikes. I'm like, oh, okay. So they flew out to Utah, riding around, and they got on their bikes and they left. Uh, they went to socialize. So they didn't ride it like you did. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, they did a lot, and it's kind of cool. So Death Valley, it was really cool. There was a when you left out of Beatty, Beatty, and you started going down the road. And you come up top of a hill, and then you look straight down the valley, and then you look the other side, and you see the whole road. It was it was pretty neat. And you were through there early enough that it wasn't scorching hot. It got up when I got to Stovepipe Wells area. It was, and I actually stopped there. It was around almost ninety degrees. Okay. So that's. And what it what is your bike read kind of? As you were leaving, did it get much hotter than that, or you got out of there before it got too hot? I got out of there before it got too hot, and then you went back up, and it was back down to the 50s. <laughs> so you're freezing again. Yeah, and, and you know, you're up and down the valley, up and down just the the ridge lines and the mountains, and it's, it's really awesome to go see. Um, you know, at one point, I had my GPS telling me my elevation. I think I was almost 200 feet below sea level in Death Valley <laughs> at one point in time. And then you climb back out of it. They're doing a construction on the road. They're blacktopping it, which was really nice. Um, and, and I thought Death Valley charged to go through it, but there was no gate stations. They might have some other stuff through there that might charge. I saw some signs. Yeah. But actually took in uh, 374 and 190. They did not charge at all coming through. I had no a gate station. I actually had my annual pass. So, And there's nothing, as you ride through Death Valley, there's nothing around. There's so did, nothing. You, did, you, did you ever think about, uh, man, if I didn't, if, how much gas do I have? You know, did you ever think about, you know, right. running it, out of gas? Or is this thing running beer? good? Yeah. Is it going to stay? <laughs> yes. So, so a couple of things I realized after our, when I left out of Nevada or all Las Vegas and I got going down the road, I'm like, and I'm, it's, it's desert there. I'm like, there's not many people around. What happens if I break down? Oh, shit. What's well, you around? Had, you had two spot trackers on you, didn't you? Yeah, I had that in Life 360. So, yes. But, you know, do you have cell phone service? I mean, if I break down, is there cell phone service? And then I realized, oh, I don't have water with me. Uh oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, crud. So when I got to, to Beatty, I got water and everything else. And I also know. How much was it? Gas? No, the water. Water. I don't remember. A couple bucks. It's got to be more than the gas, of course. No, no, gas was expensive. Um, also, recommend if people go on trips take cash with you because actually the gas station in betty would only take uh debit cards or cash hmm. use credit card uh, oh that's a good how much how much did you spend in gas in total for the whole ride you know less than, 
Uh, less than seven hundred dollars. Less than seven hundred. Okay. And it took me fifty stops. Fifty stops for gas. Yeah, we'll get the gas there. Yeah, remember that question. You put gas in the bike fifty times on the trip. Yep. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) that's a stat alone right there. Right. I mean, you got you got to take the number sixty one hundred miles, and you divide it by. I mean, if you'd even said a hundred miles a gallon, that's sixty stops. Well, hundred miles a tank. You mean hundred miles a tank? That's sixty stops. Yeah, that you got to do. What do you think, Rich? You think we can do this trip? I I think John is very very pleased that I was not along for the ride. (laughs) I will. Let's finish it up, and I will tell you my opinion, Rich, on your what (laughs) to make this trip. What you're going to have to do, (laughs) and then I think you could make it. Um, it was, um, where was I going? Oh, yes. That's the other thing. If you do use your debit card, cause Jim ran into this problem. If you do use your debit card, you need to call your bank to let them know that you are going to be traveling because they could, you know, flag it and stop the deposits as yeah. we're talking about that. I use a credit card the whole time and I had never had, a, I did not have a problem except one place where I thought I was using a fraud thing and I actually was able to let them know and it went through without a problem. Hmm. So, so the whole time on my credit card, I had no issues. Cool. So that's my recommendations for that. And like I said, like I said before, have a card someplace else in case something happens and have cash stored someplace else. Do you, do you have a total? Like how much you spent all in? Do you have that number? Um, it was, I don't have the exact total, but yeah, I, rough idea, probably about $2,200. Okay. Gas and hotels and food. Gas, hotels, and food. Um, and I want to thank a lot of people. I mean, I had, you know, multiple people let me crash at their house and also pick up dinner. So thank you to everybody that treated me and welcomed me and. You know, they, they were. Did you very, snore while you were at their house? I have no idea. I went to sleep. Because <laughs> you were snoring. You know that, right? <laughs> like a log. I probably do. You could hear um, that in the hotel? Richard? Yeah. Really? He's an animal. I mean, with all the noise. I felt bad for you. For me? Yeah. Why? Huh? Oh, yeah, because you were down there. I, I thought you guys were shared the room. Never mind. Because he slept out on the sofa. Yeah, so yeah, how did you hear it with the way that air conditioner was? That thing made so much racket. Sure was uh, I was right. He was right outside my door, really. Mm. I'm sorry, Rico. That's all right. <laughs> I knew I knew it was coming. <laughs> my earplugs ready. <laughs> so uh, then from there, I ended up in Lone Pine. And then Lone Pine up to... Uh, you spent the night in Lone Pine? Nope, nope. Just traveled through there. Oh, I got through. gas. And then I went up to... Uh, Levining and went into uh, Yosemite through the Tiago Pass, like we talked about last time with Tom. And looking back at that one twenty, I, I actually looked back to the video. So, Rich, you you ready for some video? Because uh, you're going to have some hours of editing since you uh, kindly offered. Yeah, I want to take all of John's GoPro video. He's got hours and hours of it, and uh, there's 700 gigs of data, and what? try to make some kind of road trip video out of it. So really the one too. through 
Yeah, I, I actually ha- I was watching a video going through Yosemite and just looking back that day. I mean, it was a, a sunny day. I mean, up in Yosemite, it was in the 48, about 48 degrees in the 40s. So, I mean, it was looking back at the video, it was it was pretty awesome. Looking back at the scenery and just like, wow. Um, and then coming down that 120 California into Oakdale off the, off the mountain through Yosemite. That was looking back at that road. That's a pretty uh, mm. intense road. Yeah. Um, I'm still scrolling through 190 on Death Valley. Yeah. On Google yeah. Maps. It's just amazing. Yeah. And you're pretty much right across the ridge line. I mean, it was amazing road. And then, so as I look back that day, and then I ended up in, in Walnut Creek with my cousin and hit a little bit of traffic getting through, you know, Oakdale and, and all the cities in California area. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually saw a motorcycle. I'm not sure if they went down, but there was a motorcycle guy on the side of the road. Didn't look like the bike was wrecked, but looked like somebody dumped some oil or some fluid all over the road. So, um, but when I got to my cousin's house, I was just so ready to be off the bike. I was like, I'm so happy to be here. I'm ready to be off this thing. I'm done. So I, I was ready to be done. Then you spent a couple of days there and then started the return. So, yeah. 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 Well, what was your mental state, you know, knowing that you had to ride back across the country? <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, and then, and then to be by yourself. Yeah, it was one of those things that, um, as Bobby with the Dragon Crew says, is you make it all the way out there and then you got to realize you got to turn around and go back and do it again. Yeah. You got to turn around and go home. Mm. And it's, it's one of those interesting things. And, and before I go on, the one cool thing about this Friday, that this, this ride that really, set my mind that amazing was i started off in vegas at whatever elevation i went through desert i ended up almost 200 feet below sea level and then went through back up out of that and went through yosemite's pass at almost 10,000 feet Mm. in one day so just uh, that day was just imagine what you're seeing the whole day you're seeing desert to grass to trees to mountains and it, you even saw mount, or mountains in, in a distance with snow caps, hmm. with snow on them already. I mean, it was just like... Tranquil. Yeah. It, it's pretty freaking awesome that you get to see this and got to see it all. That, that's, that was probably... I think this might be a question. Was it, that was probably one of my most surreal days of like awesomeness. It was like, wow. Nice. Um. So, so it was that, that that was probably as I look back, that's probably one of the best days. And that was the last day before you got to to Tom's, right? That's yeah. the day I got to Tom's. Um, so yeah, and then you know, Rico here, you start talking about your way back, and actually, you know, I was planning on going north up through Sacramento, up to Reno. Excuse me, I eighty go to Salt Lake City. Well. It started to come out, and I was actually going to meet um, up with Chuck, one of our listeners in outside of Colorado Springs. And I started looking at it, and I'm like, I'm watching the weather, and they're talking about snow, mm. and up there. And and we had we had um, uh, Aaron on. And he talked about the snow and going through Donner's Pass and stuff. And I probably could have made it through Donner's Pass because I don't think they had snow there yet. 
but it was getting more east into Colorado in the mountains. And Saturday night, I messaged Chuck and I said, hey, man, I'm not going to make it because of the snow. It's, it looks like you guys are going to be getting snow. Yeah. And in fact, Bacon from Northern Nordies was out there for a wedding in Boulder. And they had to, he sends me an email or a text message with a photo in the morning of snow covered already in their car that morning. So I think that was Sunday morning. They had snow. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going that way. So I had to change my plan that now I was going to go back south and go south back to 40 and come back across 40 instead of doing the loop I was planning. So it was mostly then a highway run for the way home. For the way home was going to be a highway run. Um, so, so go back to San Francisco here real quick after we recorded the show. Sunday, uh, Tom and his wife, Sarita, planned out to do a, a tour for me. Um, I realized when I got out there that it was 1988 that my parents, my sister, and I all went out to California. So it was 30 years ago that we were in California. Wow. So that was the last time I was in San Francisco area. So they took me across uh, the Bay Bridge, um, the Golden Gate, and the Richmond Bridge. Um, so we did all the big, big bridges in the area. Um, went down by Firstman's Wharf. Did all the kind of sightseeing. If I wanted to stop anywhere, they would have stopped. But I mean, I was content with just riding along and looking. It's all Alcatraz. You see, uh, okay. Yeah, um, I mean, I actually thirty years ago, I actually went to Alcatraz and took the boat out there and saw it. And it's a real interesting place. Um, so. Yeah, you don't want to stay there too long. <laughs> yeah. And then we they we had breakfast. This is little uh it's called the Lighthouse Cafe in let's see what town was that in? Uh Sedinas, Sedelos, just north of the Golden Gate Bridge. Um this little quaint lighthouse cafe, yeah. Little quaint little <laughs> remind me of a you know it's a diner that was like a Waffle House. I mean, there's lines standing outside the door and just trying to get in and not very many people, two waitresses and, you know, a cook stove top behind the counter, flat iron or flat stove. So, hmm. well, I'm going to, really cool. I'm going to follow on Rico's path of the, of the mental state. Okay. So now you're back on the bike. You got to get back home. Oh shit. Yeah. What is the, after two days of sitting in, in the San Fran area, what does it feel like now, that first day? So the first day out, I said, okay, I needed to be to Oklahoma City to meet up with Just John. Just John is uh, one of our Moto Nobody's friends that does YouTube stuff, and he's in Oklahoma City, and I said I wanted to meet up with him, and he's like, yeah, man, come on. So I had, it was about 1,700 miles to cover in three days, and I said, okay. Mm. I'll do 600, 600, 400. Get me there. So I got on the bike, and and before I did that, I actually met up with Brian Honeycutt. And Brian was going to meet me on the way north. He lives in Fairfield, and we decided to meet in the morning, that Monday morning in Walnut Creek. And, nice. and I said, okay. And Tom came with us and said, all right, sooner or earlier the better. And I said, okay. And I said to Tom, what time do I need to get out of here before traffic? He goes, you need to be on the road by 6.30. Okay. <laughs> Not a problem. 
So, Brian, how about we meet at 5 o'clock? Works. Try to find some place to open at 5 o'clock. Nope. Uh-oh. There was one bagel place open at 5 a.m., so we met there. And I was going to say this before. What I was going to, on my way back to not carry my helmet in with me, I was going to take my Cregan bag and put it in the back seat, strap it down, and then have a, a saddlebag open so I could put my helmet in when I stopped. Right. So I leave Tom's. I got that sitting there. I got it all bundled up. I make it to the, the bagel place. I said, nope, that ain't going to work because it was pushing me too far forward. It was just against my back. It was it just, nope. So I went back. Yeah. It was uncomfortable. I said, not going to work. So we had breakfast, had spent about an hour. Brian gave him his moto uh, podcast challenge certificate and all that stuff. So that was really cool. Hung with him for about an hour. And then I got on the road and took 680. 680 to 580 to 5 and went down. Um, the interesting thing is, and I knew this from before, is all the windmills in San Francisco. I mean, there was, we saw some windmills in Texas coming out, um, but they had a bunch around San Francisco area. I was, okay, got some wind turbines. They're pretty cool. We right. got all that. And then you get going down 5 and, you know, I don't know. I respected more. I mean, it was so like you think about California you're riding through five outside of it, and it's like desolate. There's nothing. Hmm. So went down five to Bakersfield and got on forty and just and going like along forty straight to Oklahoma. That was the point. Yeah, that that's the way I did. So get going down through forty, and I think I actually went through by Barslow. And I went by um, the Mojave Desert, I think, is over there, that area. But coming across from Bayersfield, Barslow, across the area around uh, Mojave Desert, Mojave National Preserve and all that stuff, the wind. Hmm. You know, I said about Vegas had the north of No. This was worse. I mean, it was just nothing. I mean, it was just winds. And I f- later found out that was the um, Santa Ana winds. Oh, okay. And I actually stopped for gas and needles. <laughs> and this is where I got some interesting news from Roger. And and um, number one, gas was... Now, I fear gas was expensive in Levine because it's near Yosemite. I got the needles. Gas was four ninety nine a gallon. Wow. For premium. It cost me $28 to fill my bike up. It was how much? Say that again. It's like $4.99. $4.99. Hmm. For gas. And, I, and over that, it was, um, you know, um, you know, it was just the gas. I mean, it was just like, in California, it's all over $4 a gallon. Everywhere. For me, for me getting premium, you know. Um, and and I know um, Aaron was on talking about how getting 87 octane was going to be all he could get. Well, it was. I didn't have any problems getting um, the highest to have is 91. Right. Is the highest to have out west. Um, I had no problems finding. The only place I had an issue without finding it was in Birmingham when we went to that gas station. I had 87. Every place else I had, had no problems getting gas when I needed. Um, there was one that I only, the highest they had for premium was 90. 
and slapped it in the bike. So talking about needles, and I got to needles, the wind was blowing, flags were flying, and Rich, when you see the video, you just when you <laughs> see the video, you can just see the the flags and they're just pointing. So I Out go into the lady. They're out straight. I go and talk to the lady, use the bathroom, and she's like, I said, man, that wind. She goes, yeah. I just took my phone. The winds are 40 miles an hour. Oof. Oof. I'm like, you know, she says, oh, in a couple hours, they're going to be down to 30. I'm like, all right. So, so during this, go ahead. No, so these are these are a couple of 600-mile highway days, right? This was going to be a 600-mile day. I was planning on making it to Kingman, okay. which is about another couple, about another hour to go to Kingman. And this is about two three o'clock in the afternoon so that prompts a, a question that i had and you know zion asked in the clubhouse um so i'll ask his question but I, my thought is along that way as well so he wants to know overall if you felt rushed meaning you know did you see enough that you you wanted to see like did you feel you saw everything that you planned to see that kind of thing and my kind of my overall question is when you're on those 600 mile highway days is that enjoyable or you know what part of that do you enjoy that's a big question i realized sorry <laughs> it's like <laughs> so you kind of look at it multiple ways and and did i feel rushed at this point no uh it kind of was rushed kind of wasn't i mean i got to see what i wanted to see i'm not much to stop and sightsee and look at the scenery and take pictures Right. That's just me as a personality. Um, I enjoy riding and seeing it and taking it in. To get to certain places, you have to just beat the highway. I hate to say it, as you want to say it. You have to just get on the road and go. So to get to these places, like out to Yosemite, yeah, you could back road it, but it's going to take you so long. So what's your time limit? Right. If this is what your ultimate goal is, you got to get there the fastest way to enjoy that scenery the longest. Yep. So it was a lot in a short trip. Did I have enough? Probably not. Is there more things I wish I would have seen? Yes, but there's some mother nature had a major play in it. And this is what happened in needles. Um, Roger actually was checking on me. He says, where are you going tonight? I think it was around Barslow. He said, where are you going? And stuff, and I said, "Well, I'm either going to Kingman or Williams." He's like, "Okay," and he comes back and he goes to me. He goes, "You might want to go south. They're calling for snow in Williams mm. tonight." And I'm like, "Oh sh!" That that puts you <laughs> off your schedule a little more. So then it's like, "What am I going to do?" So I got on the phone with Natalie, and I says. Where are you at? And she goes, I'm almost home. I said, I need you to get on home. I need you to get home. I need you to look. You got to tell me how far I have to go. I have to go. She's like, okay. So we actually, I actually worked on it. And she said, I mean, I could have gone south, but I didn't. I went to Kingman, got to Kingman. She goes, you need to get to the other side of Flagstaff. You need to make it to Winslow. Okay. Because of the weather that was coming. Because they were calling for snow. So I went to Winslow's, Arizona. That turned out to be the 800-mile day. I was not planning on 800 miles. (laughs) I did another 200 because I had to. Gotcha. Um, Looking back at all of it, did I make the right decisions? I think so. Because what happened was actually, 
if I had to stop in Kings, I had to stop in Kingman. If I didn't stop in, uh, I had would have had to stop in Kingman without going over the mountain. Because I mean, you're up to seven thousand feet, and when you're in that section of forty, there's a sign that has either elk or yeah. Rogers tell me it's three hundred miles between Kingman and Winslow, so it's either you know you have deer or elk for the next sixty five miles. So you're going to you're you got critters running all over the place. So, and it started getting darker. That's one thing somebody asked me is, was it better going out or back? And it was more enjoyable coming back, going out, because actually you got an extra day, like an hour of daylight, because you kept getting, you know, you kept going back in time. You got crossing the time zones. You're crossing the time zones. Coming back, you you get five o'clock, you keep losing, so your days got lighter or darker faster. So, up in Flagstaff, it was kind of, dark and I was actually found cars and it started to rain and mist. Um, you know, I started hitting rain up in that area and I just kept on going. Um, and thinking back, was it the right decision? I think so because what happened is Phoenix, if I went to Phoenix, I would have dealt with rain and they were getting pounded with rain. When I got to Winslow the next morning, wake up Flagstaff actually got two to four inches of snow. Or two to five inches of snow they actually got in in Flagstaff that night. But so, did, but did it melt off quickly, or would you have been stuck a day? I don't know. I didn't want to deal with it because you know you're up at seven thousand feet. They said yeah. they're that whole next day they were calling for snow. I mean, so I was at Winslow. I was at five thousand feet, and I got up, got on the bike. It was raining. I put heated gear on. Turned on the heated gear all the way up as high as possible. It was in the 30s. And I can actually tell you, I rode through through snow showers. (laughs) So you did catch a little bit. The interesting thing of looking at the radar where I was in Winslow, it was at the cusp of snow and rain. And I got on there. And, you know, we, I got on 40 and I just went along. And that day was probably one of the most frustrating days I had. And actually, I got to Gallup, New Mexico, got gas. Oh, um, I think it was Gallup. That was my first stop. When I got there and I got filled up with gas and everything, I actually stood there and I was shaking. <laughs> from, the, from the cold? From the cold. That was, and I so it was just, a 400 mile day then, roughly? That one turned out to be 400 miles. And the interesting thing after Gallup, after I got gas, started taking off, and I actually ran into sleet. Oh, jeez. So it was just. So other than that part being cold, your gear was good then for most of the trip, sounds like. My gear was good. Um, I probably didn't dress correctly. My, my hands were kind of, my hands were cold and my chest was cold. Uh, arms were, and I, I just, I think I figured it out on the next couple of days that I actually brought out my, uh, thermal base layer. And I think that's what I should have had on. Cause all I had on was the t-shirt and then I had my heated jacket on uh, liner, gotcha. liner and then my, and then my, uh, Olympia jacket. And then I just had my big Nelson rig rain liner on top of that. Cause I figured I was going to have rain. So that was a better rain liner than the normal one. Yeah. Um, huh. so, so that's what I had for layers. 
So did you end up meeting up with Joe or no? With Joe. And it was Oklahoma City? No, you didn't oh, go that Oh, just way. John? Yeah, just, just John. John. Yeah. Sorry. Yep. Yep. So that was, so actually, talking about Tuesday, that day, I actually went to Santa Rosa, which was only a little over, was a little over 300 miles. And I got there and I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm like, done I'm done. Right. Day. I'm done. Um, I was cold. I was just miserable. And I'm like, I'm done. Hmm. And then I was hoping the rain would get out and it did and didn't. And then the next, you know, towards it, what was the destination? What was the goal for the next day? Next day was Oklahoma city, but just John, Oh, Oklahoma city, which okay. was, which was like a little over like 450 miles. So got up and looked at the radar and rain, more rain. And I looked at it and I talked to my sister and she's like, well, you got like a couple hours to go. And so actually a couple hours later, got all the rain and then it was sunny the whole way. And then, I mean, part of this 40 that I, I missed going out that I didn't see was all the windmills in, in Texas, in Oklahoma. Mm. Then we got into the wind. Well, we didn't really get on that much because Amarillo, I think east of Amarillo going towards Oklahoma City was just, I mean, there's probably a hundred miles of windmills of the wind farms. No kidding. Of two, three, four deep, both sides of roads. I mean, you just saw it for miles upon miles of windmills. Do you have pictures of that or is it on your video? Might be on the video. On the video. Okay. And what section of all this stretch was the best riding area? Best riding. There was two sections that I would say were awesome. And that was, I think all of Friday going through Death Valley, Yosemite, you know, coming down out of Yosemite into Oakdale was some really awesome roads. Um, the other one that really shocked me, and I got to give a shout out to Scott Brown that pinged me, that um, sent us feedback about me going out west and riding stuff in Arkansas, was actually when we went up to Mount Newby in um, Arkansas. Would nice. never have thought about that. You know, this road he gave me, he told me about it and I actually did it and it was there's video of it, Rich. It's <laughs> look at one fifty five West going out of um oh it's um uh Darnell um going south, there's up to Noelby State Park. Um sounds like he might be a busy man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. road that road was probably the most intense road I've ever been on. Um, coming back down, it was uh, a sign for 18 degree or 18% downhill. Great. Mm. Great. I mean, I've never been on one. I don't think that high, um, which was, and it was hairpin turns going into turns and down and everything else. Um, Ooh. It's like the devil whoop on steroids. steroids. Yeah. And then I went through the, and I saw this on the way out was on 40, there was the Cadillac um, graveyard where they've actually taken Cadillacs and buried them into the ground. Mm-hmm. And I saw a bunch of people on the road going out. I was like, what's people going over there for? And I couldn't figure it out. And then somebody says, did you see that? Did you stop and see this? I'm like, no. And then on the way back, I actually saw people, you know, I'm like, oh, that's where it is. So mm-hmm. by that. Um so you know, you, then you would call that one of the most interesting things you've seen on the road, or was there anything else that you saw that was 
that you weren't expecting? Like, holy cow, look at this. Um, anything bizarre yeah, or interesting? Unicorns. No, yeah, unicorns, aliens. <laughs> I saw an Amarillo, dead Amarillo in uh, Arkansas on the side of the road. Um, Sasquatch. No, I mean, <laughs> nothing major on the roads. I mean, that was interesting. The windmills were interesting. And just the scenery, how you go from coast to coast and how the scenery changes. So would you move anywhere? If you were to move somewhere, where would be your state you would move to after this trip? Not moving. No, you like Durham, huh? I like North Carolina. Why? Because Rich is there? <laughs> yeah. Rich is there. <laughs> I mean, do you need another reason? Come on. Maybe. Good I beer, mean, fresh air. I, I, I can right. understand that the maybe someplace climate-wise where maybe it wasn't as humid, but you know, I really enjoy the the climate changes. I mean, I mean, Richard can contest to. I mean, you guys can contest to it. You know, you got a couple of weeks of really cold, maybe a month of really cold weather, a month of really hot weather, and the rest of it's not terrible. You need you know? eye candy. Which no, state I has just, the best eye candy? I, I, um. I mean, considering he's mostly getting the eye candy at the gas station, I'm not sure he would use that as your benchmark. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um. But yeah, who's got the best? <laughs> so the I think Texas has the best. I think we saw a lot in Texas. And Roger, since you're listening, stream, give me any input. Where'd you find it? And 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 going back to something real quick with Roger, and this kind of we maybe skipped on this, you know, when we left Gallup, you know, Roger was, as he said, was he never really relaxed in Birmingham because he knew he had to ride back. And I could understand his point. And then when he, when we got to Gallup and his dad brought up the news about leaving and having, you know, was not going to be able to go and concerned about him. I mean, I knew he was concerned. I was concerned as well. You know, uh, yeah. just, just, is he going to do it? Is he going to be okay? I mean, you're getting, you're, I don't want to push him to get on, on the bike, but, um, you know, it's just hard, you know, that you, is this person going to be okay? Are they, are they set to go? So, yeah. And, we were, and, and go ahead. I was going to say, we were going to talk about it later, but I think we can do it now is that, um, Roger's dad, Jim actually did have an accident less than 90 miles from home. I'm not mistaken. It was, it was 30 miles from home. Um, 30 miles. Him, oh, 90 miles is when they made the split. Yeah, so they split, and I think, Roger, if I'm correct, I think they split in Lapine, Oregon. His dad was going home, and his dad actually lives in high desert and about 30 miles from home. Um, his dad came around a bend and hit a deer. Um he had he wore a three quarter or you know he had a three quarter helmet and he uh face got all bruised up um broke his nose nothing else gone or messed up got a little bit of road rash yeah uh, but, and this is a big gold wing that he's riding and when you see the picture of it that bike was demolished it was that was a Ugh. horrific picture to look yeah. at how, how, how big was this deer 
that I don't know to my understanding as well is it was cold. So he, and you saw it in Birmingham that he rode without gear, just a helmet, no gloves, jet t-shirt jeans. Um, when it got colder, he put his chaps on and his leathers on and he actually had his leathers on and it, the, Mm. he slid and the mountain slide and he did went through the leather, the jeans. And I think a little bit of his skin got, scraped up little road rash yeah little road rash so i mean he watched why thankfully on skate or other than mentally and the bike's gone and you know roger i know is messed up and hanging there buddy and you know we're here for you um his dad's awesome glad he's glad he's well so i mean if you looked at the bike if you didn't see jim and you just saw a picture of the bike you would you would not believe that he was standing up next to it. I mean, yeah. like I said, the bike was just demolished. So yeah, we're our, uh, you know, thoughts with Jim and, and Roger as well. So hopefully hope you guys make it through. And, and I know he said he's probably not going to ride again, but I don't think he's going to ride again. So, but if he does, well, he did take an epic trip across country and back. He did. And that, oh yeah, and, that's a heck know, of a way. Got to give him kudos for that. That's yeah. the, that's a heck of a way to end it, right? Yep. Yep. So, uh, kind of hashing it, I ended up in in Oklahoma City with just John. You know, got up next morning, headed off to go to Conway to meet up with Big Joe from our group, and because that was my other destination, and and I actually had plans to to go to the Pig Trail, which is north of uh, near the Arkansas, Missouri border um, to go through the Ozarks, a little bit, really nice road. And I actually said, nope, getting on 40 and continue on. Back so, to the slab. <laughs> back to the slab and and made it over there nicely, did some laundry, got in the room, kind of relaxed, went out and had dinner with Joe and, and his wife, Mary, and had a nice time with them. And pretty cool. And he, his spider's getting fixed after a second water pump issue. Bummer. So, yeah. And then the next morning, got up and headed off to Nashville to hang out with Bacon. And we were going to be on Wingman's Garage, but uh, we t- got a hold of, of uh, Chris from Wingman's Garage. And he's been swamped, so couldn't make that. And then the next day, which was Saturday, got on the road and home, home, home. Came home and I made it home. And I would have been home half an hour early if I didn't screw myself up around Knoxville. Got kind of sidetracked because I got coming through Knoxville and the University of Tennessee was playing and sign says take 640 around to get around the traffic. And I actually didn't take 640. I took 140 and screwed myself up and kind of took a sightseeing trip. So you were home. All right. So I got a couple other questions that we didn't get to from the clubhouse. Yep. Go ahead. That's, I kind of got through my trip to go through it. So. Yeah, I think uh, I think you covered a little bit of this, but uh, Tony uh-huh. T wanted to know um, which states really stood out, and also um, which riding roads were great and terrible. You know, so contrast like you know the state had great roads, the state had terrible roads, that kind of thing. So, so states that really stood out, I'd, I'd probably say going through the the mountains of California was was awesome. Um, Thinking back of what they were said in the clubhouse with Roger, you know, going through New Mexico, um, the mountains and scenery of the high desert is pretty cool. It was awesome to see. Arkansas surprised me. 
um, and the northern part of Arkansas. This surprised me. I don't know why, huh. what I thought about. And I really enjoyed the ride going out um, through Mississippi on that um, 82. You know, nice. you, you didn't, I didn't think about some of the roads that we had. So there's been a lot. Um, some Those were some of the great roads. Terrible thing. The terrible. I mean, I didn't really have any really terrible, terrible roads on the major part. The worst part was around San Francisco and, and getting to my cousin's house. The roads there were just terrible. The side <laughs> roads, the, the street roads that they live in the town. I mean, it's just terrible. Yeah, urban um, urban California, for all the money they have, for whatever reason, just the roads are not good from a couple of sources I've heard. So, And and kind of the thing is, is when they live in, in uh, where they live in California, they in Walnut Creek area, I actually think they kind of they live near Mount uh, Diablo. So, I mean, you kind of have a mountain that they are living mm-hmm. near, too. So, you got all the foothills of the mountains they got to go around. Um, you know, that was kind of the, the, the major roads. I mean, there was the interstates weren't were really overall really good. They were in, in good shape, you mean? Yeah, yeah, they were pretty in good shape. The Like I said before, the interesting thing is the speed. When I, you know, the speed limit thing, when you started to get more towards, you know, probably past Nashville. Uh, na- before Nashville, you know, Tennessee stuff. I want to even say Little Rock. When you got to like Little Rock and start when I got to Little Rock and started coming more east, the traffic started not people started getting more impatient and crazy and just hmm. rambunctious. And and the other thing that people that might live in the central part of our nation, you know, you have the sign that says and I think it's a rule, left lane for passing only. Right. And sometimes when I'm riding, I don't follow that rule. But out west, out through Oklahoma, Texas, Arizona, you know, all the, the rule, people follow that rule. And it's, you get in the left, you pass, you get back over. And it's everybody. That's and, how it should be. Yeah. John. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> and I'm only laughing because we'll be going along forever and it'll be like, yep, John, um, car passing us on the right, uh, car passing us on the right, uh, again. <laughs> again. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I don't remember. So, all right, what's your next question you got? Uh, Jacob wants to know, was three a good number to travel with overall? Three were not bad. Um, I've it was not a bad number. I didn't have a problem traveling with three. How many? It may, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Um, and I, I mean, I've traveled with up to ten on a trip. Yeah, because that was his part. Part two was how many more do you think that it would work well with to make that kind of trip? I mean, I think four would have been a nice number. Because then you got twos and twos. Yeah. Um, you can pair off and. You can pair off. I, I kind of got back to the fact of going with, with Tom's philosophy of stops and taking a break. You know, when you, he says, when you're in twos, it's the same as fast as one is doing breaks. Right. And every person you add adds, you know, more time because getting situated, everybody got everything. 
And when you're by yourself, it's like, okay, I got everything. Let's go. Let's go. So, and that, and I actually had that ability. I mean, when I made that 800 mile a day, I mean, stops were quick. Yeah. That was another and, part of Jacob's question was how was it by yourself? It was relaxing that I knew I only had to take care of myself and I didn't have to worry about anybody else. There's only me and getting home and getting to my destination safely. Did, would I have enjoyed having somebody else with me? Looking back, yes, it had been nice to have somebody with me. Um, but it also was relaxing as I look back. Nice. He had, he had one more piece to the question, but I already know the answer. Yeah, um, that answer is no. Yeah. He, he wanted to know, and I'll just say it for, for everyone else, is that after hearing about the trip, would Natalie be interested in going? And that is a, oh, heck no. 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 Um, and, and I came up with a magic number. And I don't know if it's... Oh, do tell. If it's something that came about someplace else, but I actually can prove... To, I, I This is actually the case. On planning a trip, plan every 100 miles is going to take you two hours. Use that as a guideline. Two hours for every 100 miles. And you'll be 99% golden. Now, you can't be rich and take a coffee break every time for 30 minutes. But you can, that's the golden rule that I've came up with. Well, on the way back, you're able to set your own pace and go as long as you want it. So you had that that ability to be more yeah. hard or yeah. just and- more... I mean, even with Roger and, and his dad, I mean, we were actually timelined. And I my timeline was really spot on with how long it was going to take us. It's just that, you know, if you went an average of 60 miles an hour down the road, it's going to take you an hour and 40 minutes to do 100 miles. Then you got 20-minute break for stops. Yep. Now. Yeah, because yeah, that... With that math, you're working on a, a 50 mile per hour average. So you're you're covering 50 miles every hour, no matter how fast you go, because you got to account for stops and delays and traffic and whatnot. So, you know, even if you're running 70 miles an hour, when you factor in the stops, you're, you're going to be at about 50. Yeah. So let me ask you this question. I'll I'll run about a question, and I threw this out on something else and we'll begin so when you make a stop and get gas yeah i mean what is your mindset and and what order do you do things get off the bike as fast as possible (laughs) okay now do you get gas do you go to the bathroom do you I mean, it depends, I guess. You know, if you got to go to the bathroom, you run and do that first. Maybe pump gas afterwards. Yeah, I'm almost always gas first. Yeah, and stretch a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I would say gas, and then if you have to use the bathroom, do that next. Otherwise, I try to wait until I'm ready to get back on the bike before I use the bathroom. Okay. That's, I mean, I did, we did multiple ways. I know coming back, usually what happened coming back, I had to pee so bad anyways that it was go mm-hmm. pee, get something to eat, da, 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 and then get gas. Um, and that's what's really cool about having somebody else with you. And we actually incorporated this with 
with Roger, Jim, and I, yeah. is that since there was three of us, you know, two of us went and did whatever while the other one of the people stayed. And usually, uh, thanks to Jim, he was he didn't have to go. I got, I don't know. He must have a better bladder than me and Roger because me and Roger were like, we gotta go. <laughs> So we would stop and, and, yeah. you know, get gas and then move the bikes and then go use the bathroom. There was a couple of times when them, I was like, forget the gas. I got to go bathroom. I'll <laughs> watch my stuff. I'm, and it was kind of nice. Cause then, you know, I was able to just take off my, my regular gear I needed to and the helmet, but I could leave the phone, the GPS and the keys and the bike and not have to worry about, you know, so much anybody messing with anything. Cause somebody, they were watching it. Yeah. Yeah. When you're by yourself, I think that's one of the, one of the most difficult things for me. Cause I don't have like lockable storage or anything is, you know, where do I put all this stuff? I'm going to go in and use the bathroom. Like, am I going to carry my bag and my helmet and you know, all this stuff with me? Yeah. Not usually. And, and Roger asked, was my Ryan pace faster alone? I, I, I think some of it was Roger. Um, I mean that 800 mile a day, if I use my average philosophy of two, two hours for every hundred miles that should be 16 hours it actually i think it took me about 14 a little over 14 hours yeah yeah because when you're by yourself you if you want to let it out you just go you're not worried about keeping a group together and, and and on that being that said that was stop get gas get some water maybe a snack back on bike i did not stop for dinner gotcha. or lunch it was like I said, when I found out there was snow, there was no, it's like, I, I was actually thinking I needed to go to Gallup, New Mexico. Mm. It was where I was going to go possibility. And that would have been probably almost a thousand mile a day. Um, I was even complimenting or comp, yeah, considering <laughs> contemplating. <laughs> yeah. Um, trying to do the 1500 miles in 36 hours coming back. Yeah, you had the time. You had the runway. Um, unfortunately, when I left, I was. I decided when I left, I was not going to do it. I just was going to enjoy it. I was going to try to push it. But it. I, I didn't have any records, and then I just ran into weather, and I just yeah. went out the window. And I can understand the interesting thing of trying to do the Ironbutt Challenges in the Midwest because it's so open and you can make up so much time where you do in the East. There's so many stops um, and traffic and intersections. And there's so many, um, roadblocks. Construction. Yeah. That you got, you know, you got or issues you got to deal with like the cities with traffic, mm -hmm. you know, and prime example, like, we didn't talk about, maybe we did, then going back, when I left here, I was playing, okay, I was worried about Atlanta traffic. I didn't even think about Charlotte traffic. And we had, right, I right. hit Charlotte traffic getting to your house. It took me like 40 minutes. I was like North part of Charlotte by 8 o'clock. Hmm. And it took me almost, you know, an hour and 15 minutes to get, get down through to that, yeah. down to your house, and with gas. And I'm like, hmm. those are just some of those things that, in the West Coast, you kind of got more cities you gotta deal with that out west you don't oh the other thing is is make sure when you're out west you got when you know where your gas limits are yeah because it gets spread out right it gets very spread out i mean there are spots that was like 
50 miles with nothing. Hmm. Man, oh man. Well, I don't know about you, Rico, but just hearing John talk for almost two hours now, I'm exhausted. <laughs> man. And now, we've not even been riding. <laughs> now, let me go back to the thing I said to Rich. For Rich to take this trip, oh, you would need to get not gonna a bike with a windshield. Yeah. That wind will literally kill you if you don't. That's, and then I could say you could do it. The windshield is going to be your saving grace because otherwise you're going to have wind against you all day. And the wind coming back was worse than the wind going out. Yeah, but that's how I ride all the time. So that's not, that's not a, a new stress for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, and then gas mileage on the way back. At one point, coming back, I got like 24 miles a gallon. Oh, gee. How fast were you going? <laughs> uh, the normal, about 80 miles an hour. Right. Of course. No, mm-hmm. no, I was going 80 miles an hour. Sure. It was all the headwind I was dealing with. You can tell us in the downshift how fast you really went. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'll tell you in the downshift. Well... Yeah, I was going to say, I, I don't have any other questions unless you've got Nuggets or Rico has questions. I I think we're going to punt the rest of it for another week. Punting. Okay. Snap the ball. Snap the ball. You good? No good. All right. Any other last tidbits, John? No, just be safe, everybody, and enjoy the ride. Well, I'll do, I'll do our usual thank you, and if you think of something else, you can let me know before we shut it down. How's that? Okay. <laughs> Wow, after almost two hours of John's epic ride, let's take a moment and recognize the people who continue to make our show possible. And of course, we do that by thanking the Riders Aloud Pipes for their continued support. That would be our first five riders, the OGs, Marcus, Rickard, Edward, Jebby, and Zion. Thank you, fellas. Slack Pack would be Chuck, Nobby Tire, Old Man Slacker, Sir Mike, and Squatchy Pete. Wait, you didn't see Squatchy Pete on the ride, did you? No, he's in he's he's in, he's in uh, Washington, too far north. Yeah, barbershop is Chad, Stephen, and Jacob, and then we have Steve, Micah, Kenny, Dangerous Dave, James, Bronco Ride, Rich, Joe, Sean, and Tony. That makes up the riders group, and we have Darren, the Motorcycles and Misfits podcast, Jared, and we have Kale. I'm going to say Fellman. Hopefully that's right, Kale, and that is our insiders group. Welcome, uh, I want to welcome Kale as the newest member. And if you want to become a member of this group, you can visit loudpipes.net slash donate and check out all that we have to offer. Okay, Johnny John, there's not really going to be a U-turn, but if you had any last nuggets, I'll, I'll let you go. <laughs> uh, no, I had no last nuggets. Um... You know, it was great to see everybody, meet everybody. Thanks again for everybody that let me hang out with me, us. You know, it was great seeing everybody and meeting everybody that, you know, we've talked to uh, through social media. Very good. Uh, That part had to be cool, just meeting everyone and seeing seeing people that we've talked to or we know through other channels. That's pretty neat. Yep. Yep. It was. All right. Thanks. Thank you, Brother Hogan. Hope you're not too sleepy over there, buddy. Woohoo. <laughs> uh, we try to do this show as often as we can Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern. 
you can go to loudpipes.net slash live. That will give you a link to our, our live stream and chat room. Uh, mix it up with us and others during the show. Follow us on the Mixler app, M-I-X-L-R, and you'll be notified when we go live. And additional information from this episode, including links, uh, a couple of images from John's epic trip, can be found on the website, loudpipes.net slash 139. We all, of course, have links there to leave us some feedback. Subscribe to the show and follow us on social media. All right, take a deep breath, Brother Hogan. Chopina! All right, Johnny John. All right, everyone, be safe. for listening please consider supporting the show we offer generous rewards for your contribution find more details at loudpipes.net forward slash donate <laughs>